It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? Yo. I'm Jamie Friedlander, that is Eli Johnson, and welcoming back, Chris Burkhart. I'm alive, baby. I'm alive. You did it. You You did it. You beat the plague. I survived. It was not fun, but holy Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. I missed you, fools. I was was trying to conjure up the energy to record last week, but I mean, I got like a word out of my mouth talking to my wife, and I was like, hey! <laughs> oh yeah. I'm Logie. So, yeah. And the voice was so bad my mom called me just to check in and she's like I was like, Hello? And she's like, Oh She's like, I was calling just to see how you're feeling, but uh by how you how you answered the phone, I would say your voice still sucks. I'm like, Yeah, I almost lost it. So yeah, it was a battle, but hey man, we're here. You made it back from the grave, essentially. Yeah. But I did I did my duty. I I listened into the podcast, so thank you for the buzzer beater of hoping that I get well soon. You you know, that was very nice of you, even though Eli made Jamie do the buzzer beater for like the tenth episode in the row, which doesn't make this sense. This is not to even me, true. But- <laughs> Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. Not true at all. Not true at all. We are glad you. you're back though. Thank you. Our, thank you. Yes. Our NBA segment in particular needs it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Although you watched a lot of NBA last week, Eli. I did. Yeah, my dad had a knee surgery, a little knee replacement. Ciao, ciao. And uh, so he needed a little bit of help around the house because my mom was out of town. So your boy stepped up and I went and stayed with my dad for a week, which is was, was cool. Like, obviously, spending time with my dad like that, like we haven't done that in a long time. Just him and I, and basically the whole the whole week was spent just him and I fucking watching playoffs, man. Like NBA, NHL, just flipping between them. It was great. So you guys can carry that segment, and Sounds I will good. go to the bathroom or something because that's about <laughs> yeah. how much I can contribute. Take a little nappy nap. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I'll listen because this is how I get my like like many of our listeners. I'm sure this is how we get sport. I'm going to get my NBA news from yeah. Chris and you. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I want that anymore. Actually, well, Chris, I didn't watch Chris the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Chris can do it. I feel fully confident that Chris can give me my NBA news. Yep, in my sleep. It, like actually in your sleep. Do you do you do you sleep talk about basketball? Yeah, I, my my wife yelled at me one God, day. Mason Blumley talking. <laughs> in, yeah, talking to me. She's like, she's like, who's who's this LeBron you keep talking about in your sleep? <laughs> She Run. sounds hideous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Before we get to the NBA, we have some other things to talk about. And we're yes. going to start this week with podium. Because we do that sometimes. You know, nothing's consistent. Never. We just do whatever. No, there Here, is one consistent. Beer is consistent on this two. podcast. Buzzer beater. Tr- fair. 
Um, yes. Those are the only consistencies. And, and and terrible takes. Those are our consistencies. Yes. So we got that going for us, guys. We have At no least we're not on except- a BYU bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. And you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. You want consistency? Too fucking bad. This is our show. We do what we want with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love you. We're glad that you're here listening to us. But also, fuck you if you want consistency. Give, give us your feedback. I'd love to hear it. But also, fuck you. But also, like, <laughs> we're not going to change. <laughs> I'm too well, old we to might change, a little. Man. Maybe someday. We yeah. can all change. The world needs some change. I'm going to make a change <laughs> for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. That's another consistent. Eli just randomly breaking out into song in the middle of <laughs> I was the podcast. Totally, I was totally waiting for waiting on the world to change. That's what I was waiting Ooh, that for. Been good too. That would have been a good one too. I, did, I went with Man in the Mirror because you know Michael Jackson, R.I.P. Kinda, you know, like you know, it's like it's like it's like one of those things you have to separate the artist from the art, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's right. not it's not like John Mayer is much better, let's be real. I, at this point, I'm not convinced any of them are any better. <laughs> all celebrities are trash. They suck. All. <laughs> um, all right, podium. I don't know yeah, where so. to start here. We're going to start with bronze. Uh, the XFL is making a comeback next year, which we have outlined on the show, with The Rock being one of the majority. I think he's the majority owner. Shout out to Uncle, I know Uncle Dwayne. I, yep. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's still AAPI Heritage Month, right? Damn right. <laughs> um, so it's making a comeback, and they're doing so in a big way because the XFL announced that all games will be carried on the Walt Disney family of networks, so ABC, ESPN, and FX which is a big deal for a secondary uh, football league. Does that mean I can watch the XFL on Disney Plus? Uh, maybe not Disney Plus, but definitely on ESPN Plus. I, I, I feel like it'd be a lot of fun to be like, I'm watching the XFL what they on should Disney do, Plus. What they <laughs> should do is do like that Nickelodeon-type broadcast that they did during one of the playoff <laughs> games. Yeah. Do that every week on Disney and have like the regular broadcast on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and is then, like, absolutely what they should Johnny Manziel anytime you can. <laughs> For real though, that is absolutely what a league like that needs. It could be hosted by Face. Do you guys remember, was it Mr. Face or just Face? I think it was oh, just no, Face. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was like yeah. For those for those who want to go to, the, I guess it was Nickelodeon, so not Disney, but it was it was literally the host of some part of Nickelodeon was just a block of color with a face on it, and his name was Face, and he would just be like, "Holy kids, next up is fucking Action League or whatever it was." Kablam! And you're like, <laughs> "Awesome face, thanks, man." <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be face, but uh, maybe they just do like a different Disney character every week being the host. Like one one week it's Bluey, <laughs> the next week it's Mickey. I want, I, you know. I want, I want like that angry. That was a stupid fumble. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want, only if they give us, only if they give us South Park Mickey, like where he's just as profane as possible. <laughs> that should like, be the FX broadcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so you got go. normal ESPN, something. kids Disney. And 
you know, get give me, the, give me, give me the a, legion of listener. You guys need to start calling. This in needs and be like, to you happen. Guys need to listen to this. Like, I this will. Episode. I will watch the fuck out of the XFL. If the broadcaster is just like, holy fuck, that was a big hit. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be great. <laughs> what a pitch move that was. <laughs> Love that for us. Like Bob Menry, get Bob Menry to do it. That would be pretty dope. I'm just saying. Yeah, that'd be sick. Anyway, this is a big deal for the XFL. Um, has to be the biggest TV deal that we've had from a secondary football league Um What's going to happen to the USFL here? This has to basically be it, right, for the USFL. How do you survive when you have two spring football leagues and one of them is shown on the largest sports network on the planet? I I don't really know. I, it's, not, it's not like the USFL was widely watched this year, right? I haven't watched any, and I'm I, here's the thing. I watched I watched a couple of games. They're fun. Right. It's fun to watch football. I mean, like, you know, there's a couple of rule changes that are kind of cool, but like, you know, like honestly, like it's you know, it's 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 a worse NFL. Like it's still a worse NFL. I like I like I love like the like the rule changes of like arena football league and like shit like shit like that. If you're gonna change up the game of football, do it a little more so, I think, in my mind. I don't know. But uh USFL is fine. Well but it's you know, it's less talented players on the field. Uh, the uh, USFL, regardless of TV deals, USFL it, it was doomed back in February when the XFL announced a partnership with the NFL. When the NFL gave the XFL its backing, the USFL was done. So yeah, uh, can they make can, can they do something with that league? Maybe, but I mean, you saw the games right now; those games were played in empty stadiums. Like there was no backing for that prior to covid uh xfl was doing a decent job i mean they weren't nfl games by any means but they were getting people in those stadiums they were getting people to buy in uh locally you know, the seattle dragons were they were doing good they were they were selling merch they had people on board had had covid not hit i think that that iteration of the xfl might have survived um but now you got the backing of the rock you have the money of his multi-billion dollar name and all his enterprises behind it but the minute the nfl signed in an agreement with you to basically say the XFL is going to test out new things that new rules and su- such and such as the NFL might implement. But the minute the NFL gave the XFL, it's, it's backing the XFL has, has longevity now. So I think we'll see how it goes. I like it. It's, it's, it's as long as you know that you're not the NFL and you're not competing with the NFL, it's fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, make it entertaining and people forget how innovative the original XFL was. I mean, it gave, it gave us the, the the sky cam that is a part of every single football broadcast we ever see now like it's it's the XFL is dope I loved I, it he hate me I baby. have a question um do you think that the XFL is going to be hurt by the fact that it is in the spring because I know that hurts my viewership of it there's so much going on this time of year no. and for a secondary football league to be playing like i'm gonna watch baseball hockey basketball march madness the masters all of that before i watch the xfl i think you're largely in a minority in that in that category i think a lot of casual people would rather watch because a lot you know football's king in the united states right and so i think a lot of the casual football fan they they're not going to be watching like you know especially like baseball they're not going to be watching soccer they're not going to be watching you know they're going to be there if they want more football they're going to get more football 
right? They're like, I, I think, I think, I think, I think, you know, us being like generalized big sports fans is not as common, really. <laughs> like, so a lot of people like they love football and they're, they're going to keep on football. So I think, I think we're kind of in a minority of like, yeah, I'm going to be watching the Masters. I'm going to be watching. Uh, I'd rather watch a baseball game that matters over that, but I I think we're kind of in a minority there. Yeah, I don't I don't think it hurts. I don't even think people need to watch. This is all part of the NFL's plan that they've been rolling out for years and have done such a good job with it when it comes to combine draft, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They, they they have done their best to make the NFL a year long sport, and and it used to be it was. You know, it started in at the end of summer, ended at the Super Bowl, and then there was this big lull in between. But now they have turned it into a must view. What's happening in free agency? Again, combine, draft, etc. Now you have the XFL. You can find football on your TV in what is uh, typically their off season. And now imagine if they say, you know, the NFL or the XFL is implementing three point conversions, which the NFL might use next year if they find success in the XFL. Now people start tuning in to be like, oh, how does this three point conversion thing work? So you find ways to tie the NFL to that name and, and get viewership in. So, no, I don't, I don't think it hurts hurts the other yep. sports, because I also think kind of kind of like like uh, like Eli was saying there. I think if you're if you were watching baseball in the, in the spring, you're going to keep watching baseball in the spring. If you're watching yeah. the NBA playoffs, you're going to keep watching that. This is for the person who you usually tunes off it's like oh now it's time to relax no i got more football baby yeah i guess too it's just gonna be on like saturdays right it's not like it's gonna be every day like the nba and nfl nhl sorry playoffs are um and like i i also think i think i mean there is potential for that right just being hurt a little bit by that i think it all comes down to kind of what chris was touching on like it's a lot about marketing and finding a niche right because if they're just like if, if the xfl comes out and they're just like hey this is just an nfl uh, league well, with worse players. Yeah, sure. People aren't um, going to do it. But if they find like what Chris is saying, like, oh, they're implementing three point. Let's see if it actually is cool. What I was more you know? more going for was like, would they have more success if maybe they did it on Tuesdays in the fall? No, like the one day of the week that we don't have football. Absolutely not. I don't think so. Because now you're gonna you're you're gonna have to compete for viewership hours. How many hours you have in a week to actually put your eyeballs on content? And now you're gonna say, hey, we're gonna throw the XFL in there to compete with everything we have to see on the NFL, which is Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. And now you have to compete with NCAA football too, which is probably the second when it comes to the sports in 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 America right now because it's football. I, the I, the XFL would die a quick quick death in that case like it'd be done it, i don't yeah think i agree i mean i chance. i agree with you i was just trying to get your guys two cents on that yeah. you know i think i think the nfl is pushing it with thursday night football so mm-hmm. adding football to tuesday would not help yeah, get rid yeah of like that i get i get like i love football it's my favorite sport by a long shot i get footballed out in the fall like mm-hmm. i will never get college footballed out but like just footballed out where you're just like I don't want to watch the Giants Jets because this I just I'm done watching football for this. Right. Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it comes to Monday night and the game sucks, like I watched football all day Saturday and all day Sunday. I'm like, OK, I need to. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna watch. Yeah. I mean, imagine More the X- like, like Thursday, yeah. but imagine the XFL trying to get eyeballs in October when you're in. MLB, yeah, play, MLB playoffs, NBA starting, middle of the NFL season, middle of NCAA. Yeah, XFL is toast. Yeah, no, it wouldn't work. Um, they're doing it right. The, I think the season starts literally the week after the Super Bowl. Um, That's smart. 
I mean, you got to just keep it going, right? You can't. If you took a break, people would be like, I'm not ready for it yet. Just start it right Mm -hmm. there. All the people who got tickets to the Super Bowl get to stay and half hour after the game. I don't know how long the season is either. Maybe they're doing it. So like by the time March, I don't know how long the season is. Um, There's only 42 games. I think the NFL should start relegation to the XFL. (laughs) <laughs> the, the winner of the XFL. Oh, I, actually, I was going to bring that up. Thank you for talking about The winner about that. of the XFL gets promoted into the NFL, and the lose like the uh, the worst team in the NFL gets uh, downgraded into the XFL. That would be amazing. amazing okay, so guys. I have the schedule. <laughs> it looks like they have two games on. Oh, wait a minute. This was. Yeah, no, this was 2020. So the next schedule hasn't come out yet. I don't don't think they've technically announced the teams yet. They haven't, and they haven't even announced. Like, I saw the uniforms come out in July. Yeah. So, you're right. They haven't done any of that yet. All right. Next podium topic. Um, Justin Thomas won the PGA Championship this past weekend in three extra holes. Good, Good for, for him. him. <laughs> Two-time champion. There was a major collapse on number 18 by, oh my God, I'm blanking his name right now. Oh, give me a minute. Zalatoris. Nope. I'm trying to remember who was in the lead before that. Hold on. Oh. Jamie's struggling. It was Mito Pereira. He had a he had a one stroke lead going into eighteen, and he double bogeyed. That sounds like something a person that I have never heard of would do on eighteen and a, <laughs> basically a major. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or it is a major. Yep. Yeah, it, it is a major. major. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris then went to a playoff and it went three holes and Justin Thomas had a ridiculous shot on 17, drove the green on a par four and won. Stud. I, I've always liked Justin Thomas. He's 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 like, to me, he's the face of like the young generation of golfers coming in and like yeah. building on what Tiger laid out for them. Right, because Tiger laid out like, okay, it's now not just a rich guy sport; it's accessible and stuff. And they're building on that by being, for the most part, just normal dudes out there golfing really well and having yeah. fun and showing their personalities. And yeah, so it's not uh, so stuffy with these guys. Yeah, exactly. And and he's been kind of the face of that for me, anyway. Maybe not for other people. Yeah, him, but, Rory, um, that that group. Yeah, JT, I mean, I, Rory, I, Jordan. Yeah, um, and so I, I always like seeing him win. I'm a fan of Justin Thomas, so yeah, seeing him I win and play he well had that, is always good. He had that slip up, what was that, last year or two years ago that lost him some sponsors, but not going to hang that over his head. Um, yeah. So good for JT. Uh, one little tidbit about JT is when he won in his post-conference um, in his post-tournament press conference, he took a little jab at Jimbo Fisher, this which so brings good. us to our next podium topic. Yeah, so no, 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 not yet. 
we'll get there. I, I need to. I, this is going to be a little precursor. Okay. Okay. So watch yourself. You know what? Never mind. Let's do beer of the week, and okay. then I'll come. We'll come back to Justin Thomas's quote. Okay. Since you mentioned college football, it is time for beer of the week. Yeah. Sweet. It's heavy Sweet. metal week, boys. <laughs> Who's going first? Um, I will. Sure. Okay, so uh sorry about my beer a little bit. A little bit of a story. Um today I went to a uh meet and greet with uh new Oregon head coach, um Dan Lanning. Uh very nice guy. Uh it was I got to talk to him for couple minutes you know is it's like 150 people in a very small room and he's trying to talk to everyone so i didn't get to talk to him for very long um i did mention our podcast he seemed completely uninterested in that um <laughs> i i just because i told i was just like i was like hey i was like like every good millennial i have a podcast and we were talking about when you got hired and i was like i was telling him how like you, he's like we none of us you weren't even in like our thought process because we nobody thought you would come from georgia on this show and he goes it happened, man. It did. I don't know how, but it did. I was like, great. He's a, he's a super nice guy. Um, but anyways, it was sponsored at a brewery. And um, as we were going out, the um, the the brewer, the brewery came out and said, hey, we've got a giant pallet of six packs here. Everybody here gets one. So everybody's taking their one as they're leaving. I'm leaving. The guy looks at me square in the eyeballs. Okay. I'm not the bad guy here. Square in the eyeballs. And he goes, I wouldn't care if two disappeared. <laughs> and I win. It, uh, how, who am I to say no to another six pack of free beer? And I take two and I'm walking out. I got stopped like five times by people who were like, he said only to take one. And I was like, he told me to take two. Okay. So suck it. I should have just lied. Been like, I, wanna, no, I, yeah. I work here. I bought I, this one. Yeah, I want a contest, bro. I want a contest. Fuck you, dude. I wasn't even a part of that stupid thing that everybody was doing with the Oregon stuff. My beer alone. My eggshell shirt. People get so butthurt about just the <laughs> dumbest shit these days. They weren't none of nobody's butthurt. They were just all kind of giving me shit about it. And I was like, he told me to fucking take two. I'm not gonna <laughs> say no, baby. <laughs> um, Dan Lanning did compliment my eggshell shirt. So nice. and that's, that's on our Twitter. That's on our Twitter somewhere. No, I think this is the shirt I wore when we were up in the um, sweet. Up in the sweet. sweet. It is a nice is shirt. Sweet. It's a it's a nice shirt. Um, hey, that sweet was cool. We should do that again this year. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, so this is <laughs> from Worthy messaging. Brewing. Yvonne yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm manifesting right now. I'm going to pull out some crystals. I'm going to pull out some crystals. I'm going to go bless them over some water or something like that. Let them sit in the moon. And get us a suite again for uh, this next year. But uh, from Worthy Brewing in Bend, Oregon, this is the Easy Day Hazy Pog IPA. So um, what this says is, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the description is chillax. Take a load off. Kick off your shoes and feel the grass between your toes. This 97-calorie hazy IPA brewed with pra- passion fruit, orange, and guava. So Pog, Chris, Islander. Yeah, bro. Love it. You get it. Yep. It's meant to be sipped slowly while wa- <laughs> sip slowly while watching the sun dip below the horizon. <laughs> it is sunset here. It's just not going to be sipped slowly. So here's a little ASMR for you. It's nice. Pretty. Get a little smell. Um, smells like beer. So um, get a little bit of citrus, but not, not as much as I would think from something flavored with pog. So let's get a taste. Ooh, that's clean. 
that is clean. It's nice. I'm not like overwhelmed with any flavor though. It's just kind of there. I don't know. Hold on, let me get another one. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Um, you could tell it's like a low calorie beer. I would say. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably give this like a three. Just like a pretty standard beer. It's a beer. It's a beer. I'd have it again. I, I'm not gonna turn my nose up at it, but I, I wouldn't like be like, "Hey, you guys need to go try this right now." Fair enough. All right, I'm up. This is from Odell Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Mountain Standard IPA. It's another new one from them that I haven't tried. It says it has tropical notes and bold, vibrant aromas. So I guess we'll see if that's true. A little sippy sip. Oh, it's good. There are tropical notes. That's good. Um, It's good. It's not like the best beer I've ever had in my life. It's not the worst beer I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I think you guys witnessed that. (laughs) <laughs> the worst beer you've ever had yeah <laughs> um good um it's definitely not my favorite from odell brewing i generally really like odell beers uh this one's just kind of okay as far as they go uh, i'd say still above average but not not crazy maybe 3.5 on this one all right solid very nice I went off the rails. We went with a, a red ale this week. Ooh, you know, I, I, ne- I never drink fan. reds. Um, not a huge fan of reds oh, in I general. Love a good red ale. But it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I just never go for them. But I had to in honor of the the new trailer for Thor: Love and what Love and Thunder, the new movie. Yep. New trailer yep. dropping. I had to get the uh, the Loki red ale just nice. because it made That's me a think. Sick can. Yeah, it made me think of a. Oh, I didn't pull it up. See, I'm rusty. I'm sorry. I didn't pull it up. I was just so excited to open it. There it goes. COVID really scrambled your brains, Chris. Dude, I got that. I got that COVID fog, bro. (laughs) Ooh, that's tasty. That's tasty. Who's the brewery on that? This one would make me go back grab red rails. What brewery is Fearless Brewery, Estacada? Um, this is solid. I'm going to give this a three, five, which I think is a pretty, pretty good score. I'd recommend it. I'd go buy it again, mainly because the Loki horns are pretty sweet. What a simple little, they are little sweet, design, yeah. but Hey, Thor baby. Gotta love it. Yeah. Good beer. It's good to be back nice. rating beers. You need to come to a Rockies game and have the right field red. You do. Okay. It's like mandatory at this point. Fun fact, uh, been playing a lot of MLB The Show during my quarantines and isolations. and I was drafted by the Red Sox. Those assholes traded me to the Cubs. And then they traded me to the Isotopes. And I made my MLB debut with the Rockies, where I'm currently leader for Rookie of the Year with 55 home runs through two months. So go Rockies. <laughs> hey, that's, that's only because you play in Coors Field. It's a nice, easy path to the <laughs> I major. Eli, you shut, the, shut your fucking mouth. 
I Shut remember it. that from last week. I listened. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it is a nice, easy path to the majors, though, Pours through the Rockies organization. Oh, it is a good pour. That's nice, man. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. All right. We have our beers. Now we talk college football. Back to JT. For those that don't know, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher got into it last week about NIL. And Nick Saban said that Jimbo Fisher bought all of his recruits. And that's the only reason A&M has the top class. And Alabama is all the way down at second in the top class list. This year, he's crying about it. Anyway, JT, in his post-win press conference, said, I got a 24-hour rule. I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to win something first before he figures out his rules. (laughs) Solid. JT, obviously, big Alabama fan, which is where that comes from. That's, That's his biggest strike against him. What? I said, yeah, no, he's a, he's a, um, that's what I thought. I just had to check. He's a, he's an alum uh, Alabama. Yeah. He's an Alabama grad. Yeah. Yes. It's his biggest strike against him. But, um, that brings us to the gold medal position this week because it was some of the most entertaining non-football football news that we could have possibly got. And it was juicy and awesome. And that is the feud between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. What did you guys take on all of that that took place last week? I I am so college football deprived right now (laughs) that I'm eating it the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, I just want more. Speaking of, we're 100 days away from college football today. Just a little side note. 99 from when this episode is probably posted. But um, yes, I love it. I think it's great. I, I like... This kind of banter is always good for college football. It gets more excitement. It gets like it gets things. October eighth, you know, I would have never expected that date to stick out in my head, but now it does because that's going to be the A and M uh, Alabama game this upcoming year. It's going to be so must see TV. It's going to be must see TV because now the coaches hate each other and they won't even talk anymore, which is I mean, fucking great. I mean, ESPN should just announce that game day is going to that game. Right now, right now, because we already we know it. Yeah. Oh, it's a hundred percent going there, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited. So I I asked you guys this in our text text string last week when we were talking about it. I still think that they're that these guys play for the same team, and they're this is all basically um fake. I. Totally disagree with that. <laughs> I think these two guys are intensely egotistical. And so anything, anybody who's sliding them that publicly in that big of a forum, they're going to come after them. Like, I like these guys are absolute egomaniacs. You have to be to be in a position like that. I saw I, an interview with Jimbo Fisher waiting outside of the Alabama locker room after Nick Saban won, I believe it was in 2018 when Alabama won that year uh, and the interview, he was basically just gushing over Nick Saban and how awesome he is. And he's a legend and all this stuff and basically just completely role reversal last week after one comment. I'm just not buying it. Mostly because I think the sec is that fucking corrupt and they would absolutely (laughs) do anything in their power to 
bring any more hype and attention to their marquee matchups. I think the biggest factor for me is this game was already going to be an incredibly hyped game. Yeah, um, why not hype so it more? Because they can. I, well, I just I like I don't see the point of. I'm not. Having... I'm not saying the whole thing was staged, but I think it's been blown way out of proportion, and both sides just took it and ran with it because it was blowing up. I think it started off as some beef, like there was probably going to be something. I don't think Jimbo Fisher liked what Nick Saban said for sure, but I think everything since those initial comments has has definitely been uh, overblown. Yeah, as weird as it, as it is, I, I I think if anything, I think <laughs> I think I think Jimbo almost comes out soft in this. I think Nick Saban was trying to throw a little sarcasm and joke but just doesn't know how to joke because he's fucking Nick Saban. Um, I think there's because, some like, truth to that for because, sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, pot, meat, kettle, right? Let's call out what Texas A&M is doing, even though I've been doing it forever. Um, but it is a weird, you know, about face to all of a sudden be going at each other. You know, people forget, but I mean, Jimbo Fisher was Nick Saban's offensive coordinator yeah. when they won a national title at LSU. So <laughs> they have a good history, uh, a good working history, uh, but now they're going at each other. Um, and whether it's a little WWE, like, you know, a little little scripted or not, I, I don't care. It's wonderful. It's fun. I thought the SEC is coming out yeah. and, you know, giving them a verbal reprimand. We don't know, dude, like, come on. We all know we've all played sports. We know the, the the jarring and the trash talk that goes on on game day. If we're gonna have coaches start doing this in the in the press conferences, hell yeah, baby, give it to me, give it to me. I love it. Yeah, I mean, if this is the kind of attention that that gets eyeballs on the sport, then great. As opposed to what we're gonna talk about a little bit later and the ugliness that has gone on in the uh, Avs Blues series with uh, some stuff that's been said in that. We'll, we'll get into that later. But, you know, this is good, clean, clean, quote unquote, fun that, um, again, like Eli said, for us college football deprived fans, <laughs> it is just awesome to watch and and to just laugh at Nick Saban crying about football players getting paid and him not getting the recruits. Like, yeah. shut up, dude. Well, that's nobody like, funny. cares. I, was, I, was, I can't remember what I was watching, but they were talking about that. They're they saying like. If if you're paying attention right now, the people complaining about NIL are schools that are are they're getting less dominant in their recruiting, like in Alabama, like Ole Miss. Because remember, just a few years ago, Ole Miss had the number one recruiting class. Yeah, you know it's 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 things like that. You're 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 looking at these teams who are all of a sudden like, oh wait. Uh, A and M can also yeah. buy their players also, outright. Like Lane Kiffin complaining about paying players. Are you? Are you? Is that a joke? Yeah, I mean it's, it's come ridiculous. on, dude. <laughs> Don't even. And Dabo Swinney complain. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's, it's it all off. these teams that maybe don't have the. They they have the uh, the clout of being the program, but they don't have the financial backing. Of of like an A and M or yeah, I will say this, and I've been vocally hesitant about the direction of college football because of NIL and all this stuff. The fact that it is all of these coaches that are speaking out and whining about it gives me a little more hope because it it shows me that 
I think that there's room to make this right. I think that the the whole system still needs to be tweaked and fixed, and I yeah, think oh, the sure. NCAA sure. will eventually get that right, especially when Mark Emmert goes away. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is great to watch Nick Saban whine about recruiting and Dabo Swinney whine about recruiting. It. It just yeah. warms my heart a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's like it's like I said in a in a group text to a bunch of buddies about this is the reason they're being upset isn't just like you guys already said, but it's just oh crap, all these schools finally can legally do what we've been doing for years under the table. Under the table. Oh yep. crap. This is terrible. Yep. Uh, exactly. I mean, obviously, I, I think you obviously have a little bit of fear of how NIL is going to impact your recruiting, which is dumb because at the end of the day, you're you're Alabama. You're not going to struggle to recruit with Nick Saban there. But you obviously have some sort of irrational fear there if you're randomly going to throw Deion Sanders in Jackson State and accuse them of paying the top recruit to go there. Like you, you Jackson State. You have nothing to worry about in the end game with them recruiting versus Alabama. But if you're going to use them as your pawn, you're obviously worried about how NIL is impacting you as a whole. And you shouldn't because you're fucking Alabama, which is just stupid. It's it just it comes off as whiny. Oh, yeah, for sure. For somebody who absolutely does not need to whine like if anything, this just hurts Nick Saban's legacy, at least in my mind. Like, my view of Nick Saban is not what it was two weeks ago. Because now he's just a whiny complainer that doesn't want what she's always whined and complained. complained. But now he's complaining about something that he's still dominant. Like, Alabama's still going to be a top five. He has the highest NIL deal on his team currently. Yeah. Alabama's going to have a top five class for the foreseeable future. What are you complaining about? Yeah, That it got slightly harder for you? It's exactly what it is. It got slightly harder. Other teams. He just wants have- to do anything that he can to re- keep his dominance, which yeah. hey, I, I can hey, hardly slight him for. I, I I just sometimes I think I think a master gives away too many secrets, then gets upset that they gave away too many secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, probably Jimbo, true. Jimbo Fisher, <laughs> the longest time he spent as an assistant coach was six years at LSU, baby. I mean, he like the dude coached with Saban, Saban gave away the secrets, and now he's mad that the you know this is classic like the student has become the teacher type thing. Like, right? He's doing all the things I taught him to do, and. Now he's getting number one recruit. This is bullshit. I taught him a little too much. Like, yeah. God, I love it. I love this drama. Now, did you get a chance to ask Dan Lanning who would win in the UFC like I asked you? No, to? I was okay. So when they said they're going to have a Q&A, it was a moderated Q&A. It was oh, pre, and, uh, which is uh, like objectively probably the right thing to do when you're in a room full of fans and only one head football coach. Um, <laughs> like just having him field a bunch of questions from fans is probably not the best move. It was disappointing though because that would have been a great question. You should have done. You, you should have done that. Uh, like you, ever, you see that one going around the NBA where fans hold up the phone. Where it says it says left well, was like left hand tits, right hand ass, and they yes. try to get yeah. a player to hang up. And like Damian Lillard raised the, the hand for ass, and it, it, it became viral. Like you should have just done that to Dan Lanning. Like that would have been hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> for the listener, Chris, what was the question that you wanted Eli to ask? I wanted Eli to ask Dan Lanning, three rounds, UFC, Jimbo versus Saban, who he would pick. I'm taking Fisher all day in that. Yeah, for sure. 
Jimbo Fisher's old South man. You know he's scrappy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 Nick Saban. Nick Saban reminds me of someone who's like he may not have the power punch that Jimbo has, but he's got that cardio to go all three rounds, baby. I'm gonna, I'm taking mm, I'm taking Saban. By I'm taking naked, Jimbo, by he's younger. Choke. <laughs> I'm taking Fisher cold blood knockout. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, full on like ninja moves at him. Yes. All right. Any, any any closing thoughts on the NIL spat? No. No, but I still I will tell you as a Duck fan, this is where I will miss Mario Cristobal because when it came to coaches in a fight, you see Mario Cristobal and that barrel chest and those cannon arms? I'd take him against a lot of coaches in a, a fight. Lot of- <laughs> I would take him against any Dale coach. Landing's bigger than I thought he was, man. He is kind of a unit. Like he's like six he's not months. Mario Cristobal. No, no but Cristobal. he's like he's like he's no, 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 no he's not Mario Cristobal. But like I kind of like I didn't think he was. He's taller than me. Like he's like that's pretty impressive because he doesn't look that. Yeah, big. he's probably like six four, six five, like probably two yeah, fifteen, two twenty. Like he's he's a big dude. <laughs> Solid. And he's, he's he's ten years younger than Cristobal too. So you know maybe. Chris I, Ball, no, I, I think Chris, Chris Ball, Ball would, would absolutely wreck Chris every, Ball would every wreck coach. Every yeah, every coach. It yep. probably wouldn't. Ooh, be this close. should be a fun. This should well, okay, okay. I'm, I might if I remember to do this. So, listener, uh, I am moving. I will be without my computer for a couple weeks, so I will be uh, not on the show for a couple weeks. Um, during that time, if I remember, and if I have the time and mental fortitude to do. I will do a UFC head coach seating and bracket March Madness style, and we will go through it. And maybe, maybe what we'll do, we'll do it on Twitter too, and we'll get like the fan vote as well. Yeah, I dig it. Okay, okay, uh, okay. That's that's going to that my task us for to the do podcast. Twitter, Eli. You know who's huh? winning the whole whole thing though. It's the Chris one Ball. guy that ev- the one guy that everyone's going to underrate in this entire tournament, just like they underrate everywhere else. David Shaw. No, no, it's not going to be David Shaw. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> David Shaw will beat some from some. He would folks. have a mediocre game plan. No, okay, going okay. into okay. a superior <laughs> opponent, and hey. he will get his ass knocked out because hey. he won't see the left punch counter. No, man, he's going to hey. have a ref step in and end the fight early. Honestly, True. hey. <laughs> There you go. Jamie, yeah. Controversial, Jamie, controversial TKO, ref scorecard. Yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out to our friend drummer duck Torsten because uh, Kalani Sataki is going far in that tournament. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big I'm time. excited. Okay. Okay. This I'm gonna happening. I'm gonna work on this. Those are two one seeds right there Off for sure. Content, Kalani Sataki and uh, yeah. Mario Cristobal. Two two of your four one seeds <laughs> right there. God. Okay, I'm excited. How big is this thing. bracket going to be? Are you going 64? You're going full 64. March Madness? Full I like March it. Madness, dude. I like it. Full March Madness. I like it. Maybe we'll, we'll like upload it to Twitter or something, have everyone fill it out and send it back <laughs> and put it in a go. group or some shit. <laughs> Don't forget uh, the play That'd be good. All right. That's it for Podium. We're going to move on because we got some other sports to talk about. We're going to start with Formula One. Okay. Well, that was Chris, good, Chris, did you watch? Did not watch. 
I'm caught up, but I did not watch. I've been watching more of our Drive to Survive to get into the sport, but I didn't get a chance to watch because, like I told you, watching sports without a cable package is fucking impossible. That like, oh, is look, fair. this race is on ESPN Plus, but I can't watch it without a cable package, despite the fact I pay for ESPN Plus. What a waste of money. I think you can watch it on ESPN Plus now. Yeah, I can watch like the replay in Spanish. I might, I might splurge for the. Uh, I mean, you'd only you wouldn't be able to watch it live, but what twenty nine ninety nine for a year of the F one? You get the replays and stuff. That's that's a steal. You can Even watch the, it live. I'm well, sure. No, you have to with pay the, like one eighty or something. I was looking. Yeah. Uh, well, but then, but I was like looking at that, and I was like, dude, for someone trying to get into it, like uh, all the races yeah, live, access doing it to right. all, access to all the. Uh, Driver cams and radios, like holy hell! Yeah, yeah F one, so. F one's doing some smart things. And Didn't it's watch working. it, but I'm prepared to talk F one. Like I said, I've caught up a little cool. bit, baby. I'm, I'm, a, I'm almost cool. a fan. So this last weekend was the Spon- Spanish Grand Prix, Grand Prix, Grand Prix in Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, Max Verstappen came out on top. Hmm. Um, I say unsurprisingly because he wins every time that he finishes a a race. What'd you say? I didn't hear it. (laughs) I said, you mean Verstappen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is a kid. (laughs) He does have that lisp. Um, so Max won, um, this race was kind of all over the place. Charles Leclerc came out to an early lead and was looking incredibly dominant until about lap 27. Yeah, when his power unit failed. Yep, uh, yeah, I mean he had like a nine and a half second lead at that point. I, it was it was over. The race was he was going to win. It wasn't going to be close, and uh, his power unit failed. Yep. Unbelievable! <laughs> Just such bad luck for a driver that's been doing so well this year to have all, uh, several DNFs now when he would have won the race. Just. I feel bad for him because that that Ferrari car is doing great, except for the reliability factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Max also had issues in this race. He was really struggling to pass George Russell for a lot of laps. And I said last week that I I was I'm not a big George Russell fan. That's uh, the person I'm. I just don't really care for how he acts. But he is a hell of a driver. Yeah, I mean, every time Max Verstappen tried to get around him, it was uh, he was he was a brick wall. I mean, he was driving three lanes wide. Yeah, and to be fair, Max Verstappen's DRS wasn't working properly, so he would have been able to pass him had his DRS been working. That's kind of a side note. George Russell was driving a great race. I don't even know if that's like necessarily super true because uh, there was there was one lap in there for sure where. Verstappen had the DRS open and it was working fully and Russell just just out yeah. out drove him. It, Russell drove a great race. There were a lot of laps in that close tight knit racing where Verstappen's DRS was not working. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to his radio call, he was freaking out about it. Yeah. He was not <laughs> happy. Um George Russell had a great race. Mercedes in general had a great race. And in fact, if Lewis Hamilton didn't get spun in the first lap by Kevin Magnuson, I believe that Lewis Hamilton would have won, won that race because I mean, he had an incredible race after that. It's hard to argue that considering he got fifth after being in 16th. 19th. 
the 19th in, in lap like 32. Like, <laughs> side oh note. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, he was like fifteenth at that point. But side note, you know, after you lap on. one, he was back at nineteenth. Side note: Before you go on here, only three times what? for me to get in. Jesus Christ, you're just not used to me talking during the F1 segment. Okay, listen to me. <laughs> side note: Watching, I'm, I'm on season three right now of uh, our Drive to Survive. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to start back over at season one when I'm done just to watch it again because I was watching a lot of background noise. But one thing I've I've really, really liked about this show so far is the lack of diving full on into Lewis Hamilton because he's by far the most popular F1 driver for a casual fan who doesn't know racing. They know the name Lewis Hamilton. Like so far, I've seen like one episode where they really talked about him. So they've done such a good job of talking up all the other drivers that you don't know about to really get you intrigued to watch the entire field, not just the top. Because like I didn't know anything about F1, but I knew who Lewis Hamilton was. Like I knew who Lewis Hamilton was. And I I love that the show has not took the bait, the easy route of let's just talk about arguably the greatest F1 driver of all time who's still racing. So anyway, that's my little side note. I love it. Yeah. Drive Drive to Survive, sorry, does a great job of all of that. And just capturing all of the storylines, introducing you to the sport as a whole, not just the popular mm-hmm. parts of the sport. Um, so I agree. Uh, back to the Spanish Grand Prix. The Mercedes cars are back. And the rest of the field should watch out. Because yeah. those Mercedes cars, after the upgrade package they brought to Spain, looks like the Mercedes cars that we saw last year. I don't know if you saw this, um, but there is probably going to be controversy throughout the season. Um, Aston Martin in their green car um, looks nearly identical to the Mercedes. Um, uh, to, they, the, they... <laughs> to the Red Bull. Oh, yeah, yeah, to the Red Bull. That's right. Um, and so it'll be fun to watch going forward. What, what So what? the FIA already investigated that and... Um, Aston Martin came out and showed that they had plans for this upgrade package back in January or something. So it's not like they were copying the car. The engineers for these teams switch every season. And it's not surprising that the top automotive engineers in the world come up with similar designs for cars. It's just not surprising. And Christian Horner... I I don't really like the guy because I just think he's in it for TV time because he gets a lot of it, which means he asks for it. And he's good on TV, but he's he's being a little bit of a crybaby about this because um, he's talking about how if there was IP exchange, this is like a criminal offense by Aston Martin. Like, dude, you are still smoking these Aston Martin cars. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Stop whining. It's not like the Force India cars. Also, like Red Bull has 10 of the Mercedes engineers from last year. Like, stop. This is unnecessary nonsense. Everybody knock it off. The FIA already investigated and said that there was no foul play. Move along. They're calling it the Green Bull cars, and I love that so much. (laughs) I did see one thing I did like from Christian Horner is uh, during, I think it was qualifying, he had the green Red Bull can just like facing the camera. It was, it was, it was, it was a nice little jab. I enjoyed it. Um, 
Mercedes cars look good. Uh, tr- do you think this spells trouble for Ferrari? Mercedes is coming on hot. Ferrari struggled last weekend. Carlos Sainz came in fourth, but really wasn't a factor at any point to get a po- uh, to get a podium position here. Uh, power unit obviously failed for Charles Leclerc. What do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't think you hit the panic button yet, right? As Ferrari, definitely not the panic button, but you know they have they are still second in the constructors, mm-hmm. decently far behind Red Bull now. And uh, Max Verstappen has now passed Charles Leclerc for the driver's standings so far. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the constructors, like you got you got two really good drivers in Signs and in Leclerc. So I think you just stick to the game plan at this point. Mercedes, yes, they look better, but they're they're still not you know there yet necessarily, or you haven't seen it. Right. So I think I think for now you, you keep the game you keep the game plan going. Yeah, you keep it in your keep it in the back of your mind that okay, Mercedes does look good. Maybe we do have to start thinking about that. But stick to your upgrades, stick to your plans now, and then if if it's if you do start to get slower than them, call an audible. Well, I the the thing with this year is I don't know how many audibles you can call. You're kind of stuck with the spending caps and how many power units you're allowed to use. Like, Charles Leclerc has now gone through three power units. He can only use four. Like, there's potentially bad, bad stuff coming down the pipe for Ferrari. Yeah, true. Um, and they're, either they're going to they're gonna have to take penalties, and I don't know what those penalties look like. I don't know all of the details about what happens if you break any of these rules. Mm. Um, in general, I like the spending cap. I think they're going to need to raise it because we're only, what, a third of the way through the season, and some of these teams are struggling yeah. with parts and being able to spend and upgrade and whatever. Does level the playing field though, so I like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do too. I think, I think, especially as we kind of go further into this rule, like I think this year is obviously like Red Bull's dominating, Ferrari's dominating. Mercedes is getting right back into it. I think as we go a couple years down the line with a spending cap, I think we're going to see a lot of really good racing. I agree. From top to bottom. Um, I agree with you. Um, couple other notes from the race. Uh, Lando had a good race, finished P8. Um, he had ridiculous hay fever all weekend and it turns out during the race he had tonsillitis so he couldn't even talk on the radio and he ended up i think he went from he started p11 and ended p8 that's a that's a good race for somebody who was can't communicate visibly sick and struggling to even get out of his car yeah um Daniel Ricardo's having a tough season, man, for McLaren. I don't know if he's washed up at this point or what. He's really struggling with that car. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the guy the that thing. I watched and like. I like that guy. And now he sucks. It's impossible not to like him. He's arguably the most likable personality in F1. Mm-hmm. So the thing about um, Daniel Ricardo is like, I, I love, I think he's great, right? But like, He's never really been that big of a factor in the standings. Uh, I mean, his. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking back right now. So far, his best finish is fifth in the driver series. So, like, I like. I, oh, there's third. Okay, he's third in 2016. 
Um, but that's the only time he's really touched. He was third in 2014 too. But yeah, it's just like I, like I don't like. I think he's a good driver. He's a fun. He's a fun driver. But like, is he gonna be competing every year for this championship? <laughs> I don't think. I, I don't think he's it's, that guy. I I think it's weird because I think he's slated as the number one for McLaren, but it is pretty clear to me that Lando's a better driver. I think. Yeah, I think absolutely Lando's a better driver. He's, um, he's the Jimmy Garoppolo of F one. He he's, just, is. he's a good looking guy, but he's he's a mid tier quarterback. Might win you a couple races or games, whatever sport you're playing here. But mm-hmm. he's not your Super Bowl guy. He's Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo of F one. That was really, my other takeaway really from good Drive Comparison. That was my other takeaway from Drive to Survive now that I want to get in on this conversa- conversation. Why the <laughs> why the hell does every F one driver have to be at least an eight on a scale of one to ten? Like they're all fucking they good, are looking all dudes. good looking dudes. They're Every single dudes. one of them is good looking dudes. It's got to be the neck muscles, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it is the neck it's muscles the for necks. sure. <laughs> got to deal with all those G forces. You get, you get, you get, I think I think you get four points on the attractiveness scale just for having a thick ass. Neck. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that is true. Trapped like water slides, dude. <laughs> I want to tell you this because you guys have been waiting for me to try to get it. I'm actually really excited that. I've kind of got into it now. I've caught up, and we're gonna. I'm I'm sure we're gonna talk about this in a second. But you got Monaco coming up, which is just a great race to watch. It's gonna be fun. But I'll tell you this: so far, I've been watching Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Daniel Ricardo is my favorite racer so far. Watching this, I started out watching it in season one. I started out not liking Sergio uh, Sergio Perez, and I've started to lean towards really liking Sergio Perez. Another racer that I that I do like. Um, not not the best racer. I think it's the Asian connection here, the Filipino side. Uh, Alex Albon, baby. I, I, I love I am Alex team Albon. Alex, Alex Albon. Great. And I said this to you guys in the text, but for those of you who watch, Max Verstappen, and this is what makes him uh, so good. He races real races like they're video games, like balls to the wall. Just mm, go. I'm gonna hit the brake at the last moment. Power out of every hole. That dude is incredible obviously I, 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 and you guys were spot on with this drive to survive i haven't got to watch a race live yet but drive to survive is so well produced so well made um and it's made me a fan but if i had to pick three racers so far that i like like my top three we'll let, let you guys judge me but it's def it's it's ricardo albon and perez in that order i like that list um i would replace perez with probably lando Okay. Personally, Lando was close. Um, I like him, and, I, and and part of me really wants to root for fucking Nico. I've never podiumed Hulkenberg <laughs> or Hulkenberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably go Daniel Ricardo, Alex Albon, Seb. Okay, Sebastian oh, Vettel. Hard to, yeah, it's hard to not like Seb. Yeah. That is likable. <laughs> I, I really surpri- do like most like of the drivers. Album. I like most of them. So um, anyway, that's my takeaway. Have you there's I, I, I was watching some Formula One videos on YouTube the other day just for fun um, when I was supposed to be working. But I put in my two weeks. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was um, I was watching one and it was like, you know, funny F1 moments. And like 90 percent of them are just Seb Vettel just flirting his fucking teeth out. With, like, the really good Formula One, like, uh, reporting chicks. It's the funniest <laughs> shit in the world, dude. He is hilarious. He is pretty great. There's no doubt about it. 
Um, I want to go back to the race a little okay. because this is something as a new F1 fan that kind of drives me nuts. And the more I see like TikToks and stuff about it, it's like this is just how it's always going to be and there's nothing you can do about it. But in this race, I was really bothered by what Red Bull did to Checo, Sergio Perez. Um, <sighs> because they, I think they did him dirty. When Max was struggling with that DRS and could not pass George Russell, Checo had the speed, he had the car, he had the tires and everything to get it done. And how many times has Checo let Max Verstappen pass him in order to do what's best for the team or whatever. How many times the, has he let anybody pass him? Because, again, Drive to Survive has shown me that he's done it before. And this is my biggest hang-up watching that fucking show. No, if I'm, I want a fucking race. I don't want my right. team to tell me let the other driver buy. Right. So God, that's, what I'm getting, that's what I'm getting at. <gasps> Are team orders bad for the sport? Because I think team orders suck and should belong nowhere in this. If you are driving the faster car, fucking you go win it. Yeah, I agree. I as a um, as a casual, a guy who's just get, I, I would agree. I didn't like it. it. It takes away from the racing to me, and it, it puts really good racers I on wa- a good day out of the. I I just oh, I don't like it. I man. wanted to see, I wanted to see Checo race Max at the end because I think right. Checo still had the speed. Max probably had the tires, so it would have ended up Max anyway with the way it played out. But last weekend, I think Checo Checo should have won that race. He had the better car. He had the better tires for At most least, of it. Yeah, I, and I get, like, the team not wanting... Sorry, I just had to crack up open another beer here. Um, like, I get, like, the team not wanting, like, them to, like, race race because that's how you get a spin out, right? Um, but at the same time, it's like, that's kind of what we're here for. We want to watch these guys fucking race. And well, like, and he even let them said fucking it. earn it. Let's yeah. make Verstappen earn it. Yeah, if don't he's going to be the driver champion, earn it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. They want the driver champion, and Max is obviously the leader in points. So yeah. I get, I get it. Right from a team strategy standpoint, it makes more sense for Max to win that race. Yeah, but. I, it just, you know, and Checo, if you listen to his, his radio calls on the weekend, he's like, we're going to talk after this because I'm not happy <laughs> he, he with said, it. He I, said, I believe one of the things he said is that's completely unfair. We'll talk about this after the race. But okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> I don't um, blame him. I'd be fucking sucks pissed to be he's, he's pretty fed up at this it's, point. And I'd, this race more than maybe the ones in the past. Like last year, totally get it. He's in a full-on battle with Lewis Hamilton all season. For the drivers' championship, okay, you got to do, you got to take one for the team. You're clearly Red Bull's number two, right? So at some point, you got to understand your role, also, because it is somewhat a team sport still. Uh, I don't know; it just kind of drove me nuts because I felt like Checo deserved to win that race, and he just got it taken from him. Yeah, like I said, I'm just I haven't watched the race, oh. but I don't like it. I'm I'm just over here trying to figure out because like if you're Perez and you're sitting there and you have to let Max Verstappen pass you for the third time this season or whatever. Um and like, at what at, point do you say that should be me? Yeah, and then but like also at the same time you're like, okay, well where where can he go right now? And that's nowhere. Right? The, the I think I think the hottest seat right now for the top teams in which he'll actually be able to continue to compete 
uh, is Carlos Sainz. And, uh, I mean, because, like, George Russell's not going anywhere. Lewis Hamilton's but, not going anywhere. But Checo would still be the number two to Leclerc. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 100. 100 percent. Yeah, I only, mean, the uh, only... Maybe Ocon... Ocon, Ocon, I don't know how to pronounce it. Esteban Ocon. But that's Alpine. You don't want to move from yeah, Red so Bull to like, Alpine. He, he, if he wants to go to like one of the smaller teams. Like I was just talking about like the big three, right? Or the big four, whatever. Mer, uh, Ferrari, Mer, Mer, Mercedes, Red Bull. Like after that, like he would be the number one team or number one on any of the other teams, probably. It would be tough between him and Lando on McLaren, I think. Yeah. Lando's that, a that, pretty that, fucking good driver. That's I totally I was agree, but um, it's, but you're not going to be as fast regardless on any of those no, teams. No, no, not, currently, currently, not right now. We'll see. I, I think I think like we said earlier, the spending cap down the road is going to change that conversation. <laughs> yes, because you're going to get somebody like Checo, who's a very good driver, could be a number one on a lower level team. Once those cars get up to speed and those teams catch up because of the spending cap. You might see some okay. of the better drivers go to a lower level team. So wait a minute. As someone who's just getting in, even though you guys are noobs, but I'm way newber. Newber. That's a new I like that word. I like it. Than you. <laughs> so are, are you telling me that F1 is essentially like Major League Baseball, where the best teams get more money and the low teams struggle? Is that what you're saying? Like, what is it, the spending well, it cap? It was. There was, was. no spending cap. So until, until this, this season? Or? Until this season. Okay, okay. So like last year, the top teams, Red Bull, Mercedes, for example, were spending like $450 million a year okay. on their cars. And then you got teams down at the bottom like Williams spending $100 million on their cars. Gotcha. Probably okay. 150 But, you know, four Half. to one kind of ratio <laughs> of okay. spending. This well, year, they have a... A spending cap, which for those top teams brought it down significantly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And as someone who's again just getting in watching this, I think I think I think that's great because I think again, well, you, you you look at the teams like you've mentioned a couple times already, McLaren and stuff like that. You got some really good racers on those teams, but the this financially and just technology wise they can't keep up those cars can't keep up well, so if you have a spending cap i totally think that's like you guys said earlier it's going to totally lead to better racing in the long run absolutely well, look at look at what george russell's doing this year for mercedes he's right. number four in the driver's standings last year he was driving for williams and couldn't get in the top 10 yeah i, I think i think albon is an incredibly talented driver but he's he can't get. I mean, he's he's getting points. He's sometimes. stuck in a Williams. He's stuck right. in a Williams. Like I, I mean, you like uh, what was it? The Australian Open. He drove an absolute Grand gem Prix. of a race. Yeah, an absolute gem of a race, and that should have been probably a podium race if he was in a good car, even a decent car, even a decent car. He should get a podium out of that kind of race, and he yeah. just yeah. didn't. I just want to tell you though, Jamie. I think you're gonna. I don't know if you're going to be proud of me or laugh at me, but watching Drive to Survive and trying to catch up, I've got so into these these races and what's going on. I know it's not the exact same, but I watched the fucking Indy 500 qualifying the other day. <laughs> like, I never yeah. give a shit about Indy racing. And I watched it just because, like, 
This is kind of fun. And granted, well, you yes, start it's to not get F, it, right? It's not F1, completely different. But I mean, right. I, I, even IndyCar, I'm like, I, I think that's cooler than NASCAR. And fun fact, fun fact, the last race of F1 in the like 18 to 34 demo or something like that, F1 outdid NASCAR in America ratings wise F1 is mm-hmm. grossly underrated and continues to grow and I think a lot of it is they they are doing a very good job not not only catering to their main fan base but but the millennials and the younger generations are getting them in and obviously the Netflix series did a great job getting people in but uh yeah I'm you guys you did right you told me to watch the show and the show has got me hooked so I'm like pumped for Monaco like I'm, I'm excited to watch Monaco is going to be dope. Uh, the problem with Monaco these days, and we're just going to transition here into Monaco, is uh, that racetrack is so. It's a street course, obviously, and it's so tight, and the cars these days are so big that there's just not a lot or not any room for overtaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at you look at like the backside of of that race. There's like two hairpins on Monaco, and the cars can barely get around them. Yeah. Oh, like, that's how big. The if cars you are. watch, like this is this is a week to watch the driver cams because these guys get within millimeters of those barriers on some of those chicanes. It's insane. What yeah, these guys how, can do with these massive do cars. You guys ever drive through a constru- uh, construction zone and feel like you're like half an inch from every single cone and mm-hmm. you're paranoid mm-hmm. the whole time? How do these? Yeah. How do, I don't know how it's, I could do that at 200 miles an hour. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, uh, so the biggest problem with like Monaco, right, is that um, like it's it's a fast start and pray kind of race. Because if you get off to a good start, if you qualify in the top three and you get off on a really good start, pretty you've much won the top race. two, and then you just have to mm-hmm. pray that something doesn't go horribly wrong. That is that, and like if you if you run a clean race, you win. There's like you just and there's like no pressure really, as long as you are somewhat clean and you don't like hit barriers and because yeah, like Jamie said, there's like one stretch where there's overtaking and that's that backside DRS zone through the tunnel. Like that's it, and it's not even very long. So cool, you guys keep it, talking. But it I'm is a beautiful race. I mean, it, it is. It is definitely like the most um, uh, prestigious, right? And it's fun. I mean, it's like it's still fun, right? It's a fun race to watch. Of course, it is. It's it's Monaco, right? Yeah. Every everybody recognizes Monaco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Casual sport fan knows what Monaco is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which makes it fun. All right, predictions for this coming week. Because of the chaos, do you see somebody else coming out on top? Or are we still going with the favorites and fastest cars? Um, so Leclerc has opened up as the favorite. Um for Yeah, this he race. has the best car. Yeah. Um, so far this season. I look at Leclerc and his record at Monaco and I go, mm, I don't know about that. He hasn't finished. Yeah, he's Ever. never finished in Monaco. Um, I don't necessarily think this is the year to do it. Um, I like. I don't know. Um, I want to say I think the easy answer is Verstappen. Obviously, right? Yes. Um, I and I know. I feel like I pick him every week, but I feel like I feel like it's kind of one of these. I'm going to pick him until I'm wrong. 
kind of deals. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Signs, I think, in this one. Who? Um, I, I feel like I, I picked him for Australia, I think. But, um, like, you know, I just like with 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 um, Leclerc never finishing Mono, Monaco and wrecking in Monaco last week, um, like Verstappen, um, like, I, I feel like Verstappen doesn't, like, have a great start this year, like, He's been overtaken a lot really early in races. Um, so I, I feel like Signs has had really good takeoffs this season. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Signs. I think maybe he gets a really good start and then just runs a clean race, hopefully. I don't fucking know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Lewis on this race. That's Lewis good. had arguably the best car last weekend. And, and I think he should have won driver of the week with. How he came back from basically last place to to finish P five, um, yeah. so I'm gonna go with Lewis. Those Mercedes cars figured it out last week with their upgrade package. I'm going with Lewis. Hey, guess what? I finally get to make a prediction. Look at you, <laughs> you did it, you're doing it, bud. Here's the thing. I wanted to say Lewis, but I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off. I think you have like the three favorites that everyone automatically wants to go to here in, in Verstappen, Leclerc, and Lewis Hamilton. I am going to go Perez. He, I think, has been racing very, very well. He's finished in the podium three of the last four races. The only race he didn't was Miami, and he finished fourth. Like he's been, he's got a great car. He's been racing one of the better stretches in a, in a while for this guy. I, I think this is a race where he, he could come in. He can some, uh, surprise some people. And like you said, Monaco, there's, there's a, a lot about how you qualify, how you start and maybe more so than any other race. A lot of luck goes into it. But if I'm going to put money down and you said, who you want to go with, I'm going to go with my boy Sergio on this one. If, if there was ever a week for you to watch quality, it's Monaco it's because Monaco. because I believe the winner of this race, pending any crashes or anything, is going to start P one or P two from qualifying. Yeah, yeah, I can even see P three. Um, you got to be get- on the front line almost. There's yeah. almost mm-hmm. just no way to pass. Yeah, I could see it P three P four because if you get off to a good start and one of those two falters, maybe with the power unit failures that we've been seeing. You know, you never know what's going to happen in you any of these know. races with these I'll new cars you. this year. Um, but I think I think anything below P four would be a miracle finish if they won. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I remember the first time you and I talked about F one on on this podcast was uh, I think it was Australia. It was the first time I really started to talk about it. And it was interesting because, like, I was like, oh, Leclerc won that race, but there was no drama and he dominated and this and that. And again, I didn't get it. And it's really fun because what I've noticed watching this and trying to pick more about it is more so than NASCAR, which I've watched my whole life. NASCAR, to me, the whole race weekend doesn't matter as much. The practice, the qualifying, the, the race day matters. Someone in the middle of that pack can catch up. You can have a wreck that takes up half the pack. A guy from the back can come up and win. What I've really liked about F1 as I'm getting into it is literally the minute you step on that course for your practices, and your every single day matters. You run through your practices, you tweak your car, then you go to qualifying, and qualifying matters so much because where you start really, really can and change where you finished more so than in NASCAR again, which I've watched my entire life. So it's it's a fun 
dynamic to racing because it's not just about race day. It's literally about the entire race weekend, which I think is a, a really cool aspect of the sport. All those little things that go into that race day. And yeah, all I mean, of that so is amplified 10 times by Monaco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like I said, if there's a week for anybody to watch qualifying, it's this week. Well, I'm I'm going to tune in because you guys got me hooked. You guys got me hooked. It'll be good. All right. That's F1. I still need to get you to watch Sunderland till I die, by the way. I have started it. I have started it. And it is very good. It is good. And you need to watch it too. Because if you watch Sunderland until I die, then then you would. Okay, good. Well, then you would have understood the excitement this weekend watching, you know, Everton score the goal that made them not be relegated. Like telling you, relegation is a very cool aspect and like nice little niche thing for soccer. It's it. It's so cool because if you can be at the bottom of the league and all your games still matter. So no matter whether you're in the championship race or not, every game matters because relegation sucks. And I think relegation awesome. should be in every major sport. I, I relegation is legitimately one of my favorite things. I agree. Like, I like, I, like I, you know, if it, like in the NCAA Power Five conference, sorry, mm-hmm. you lost. Nope. Now you're you are in the fucking Mountain West now. You know, yeah. Washington <laughs> going zero and twelve. Sorry, Mountain You're West. You're the big sky. Come on in, Boise State. No, I got to go big sky. Big sky. Yeah, <laughs> big sky. you got to play Montana every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? That's um, horse you know, shit. Because your people. No, screw you. That's horse shit. Because Portland State's in the big sky, so I'd still have to deal with Washington. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, that's like fair. MLB. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Like let's get the Reds down into the fucking minors. Bring up the goddamn—I don't know—the salt frogs or whatever. That would the fuck be so. That would, no, that would be so dope. World Series, New York Yankees versus Montgomery Biscuits. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm here for it, guys. I'm here for it. Relegation is needed in every sport. Well, it's fun when you watch Sunderland till I die because that was a team that was in the Premier League, and now they've dropped. At least one. I won't ruin everything for you guys, but they've dropped, and now they have like. Stadium of Light, which is just this beautiful, beautiful football stadium. And then they're playing against all these teams who have never even been in the Premier League who are just playing in these just tiny little stadiums in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> they haven't had the finances that the Premier League brings. It's Yeah, it's a great documentary, and it should get you into soccer, baby. Anyway, go, let's go to the next topic before I go crazy. Here. Next topic. Watch Formula One, listener. It's really yeah. good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> NHL. I am like fully, uh, obviously, I'm like all in with the NHL this season. Obviously, because the Avs are fucking killing it. Go uh, knock on wood. Um, but the NHL playoffs have been phenomenal. Uh, a little series updates here for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to the NHL, which I'm assuming is a decent chunk. Um the Lightning swept the Panthers in round two, so down oh, go the President's Cup. Close. No, it was Shocking. not. It was a non-contest. The, li- the Lightning were such a better team in that series. It was unbelievable. And like the, that that series alone was like, the Lightning could fucking three-peat. <laughs> no doubt about it. They are they're playing unbelievable hockey mm-hmm. right now. Vasilevsky's... That guy is on another level at the moment. The goalie for the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. He had 49 saves yesterday, let up zero goals. Just 
insanity in net for the Lightning. Yeah. And, and that's uh, what it takes in hockey, right? More than anything, a hot goalie can completely change NHL playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, they have, they have, uh, Vasilevsky is obviously having a great playoffs. And they're also having another guy who's having maybe the best playoffs uh, for non goalie, and that's Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. Uh, the, the right wing Nikita Kucherov is like unbelievable in this series. Like, he was. Yeah. I, I like I've never like I've I guess I'm not like huge in hockey right I haven't watched like a ton of hockey I have like the I think it was game three I've never seen the plays he was making in that game it was unbelievable so I I mean yeah. he's having an incredible playoffs yeah the Lightning are looking real good took out the President's Cup trophy winners the Panthers continues to be a curse President's Cup trophy. Winner does not win the Stanley Cup. So, I'm so, glad the Avs there. purposefully tanked the last two <laughs> weeks of the season. Which is which is exactly what you said two weeks ago when I was actually on the podcast. You, you, you <laughs> called that. You said I did. That. I did, and I'm happy about it. Um, <laughs> Avs are up 3-1 on the Blues. Uh, they lost game two at home. A little bit of a shocker. They just did not look like they had their skates that night um and then they came back and won both games on the road in st louis uh more to come on that in a little bit uh the rangers and canes series is tied 2-2 little surprising uh for me i thought the canes were kind of kind of run away with this one uh it's kind of good to see that one going and right now the flames and oilers are playing the Oilers have a 2-1 series lead and are currently winning this this game 3-2 to two, uh in the beginning of the third period. Yeah. So moment. I know I said I know I said Kucherov is having like the best playoffs. It's clearly Connor McDavid is having the best playoffs of anybody on 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 the ice right now. Yeah. The Oilers have essentially two players and uh it's carrying them so far. Mhm. Well, I mean, in the if you look at the points uh, in for the postseason right now, three of the top four players are Oilers. It's yeah. it's, it's Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Drysaddle, and Evander Drysaddle. Drysaddle. That's right. Yeah, if it wasn't for those three, the Oilers are not very good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're top. Th- those those guys are insane. The rest of that team is very meh. It's just not very deep, but that that top group is is great, uh, and it's it's working. I mean, they're up three two in this game. Would put them up three one in the series. Calgary is on a power play to start the third, so we'll see how this one plays out. It would be really nice for for the Avs if this series could go seven and just wear these both these teams out. That would be lovely. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't see the Avs losing three of the next four. Um, back to the Avs. I want to talk about something that happened this last weekend because this is this is the kind of shit that just drives me crazy in in our world today in general, uh, but specifically in sports, just because it has no business being there. Nazem Kadri is an Avs winger, and he has a bit of a checkered past in terms of being labeled a quote-unquote dirty player. And he has had suspension history. Mostly when he was with the Maple Leafs, he he had some... He was 
pretty dirty early in his career. I'll, I'll put it that way. He was, a goon. He, was, he was a bit of a goon. Um, since coming to the Avs, he really hasn't done that. He did get suspended last year in the playoffs for eight games. If it wasn't Nazem Kadri making that hit, he wouldn't have been suspended eight games. That was very much a reputation suspension and a repeat offender suspension. Um, but anyway, regardless, that came against the Blues. So in game three, first game in St. Louis, Nazem Kadri was going for a loose puck in front of the net, and he was hit into the goalie by a Blues defenseman. And it took out Jordan Bennington for the rest of the season, or series at least, they said. Um, and Blues fans were understandably not happy about it specifically considering who it was and the penalty he took against the Blues last year in the playoffs, which got him suspended. They just don't like him. And they took it out on him, and obviously he's going to get booed and everything, but it escalated from there and became racial, and he he and his family were getting death threats to the point where the Colorado Avalanche had to get local authorities involved to make sure there was extra security at the hotel and on their way to the venue for the game yesterday. Um, what I want to talk about specifically, because first of all, I think we can all agree that that kind of shit belongs nowhere near sports or life in general. I think that goes without saying. But the Blues head coach, and I'm blanking his name right now, um, was asked specifically about the threats. It's Craig Berube was asked specifically about the threats against Nazem Kadri. Wasn't asked about the hockey play. Wasn't about asked about what happened to Bennington. What 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 are your thoughts about what's happening to Nazem Kadri from your fan base? And his answer was no comment. And I think that is absolute dog shit. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean <sighs> It it, go, it goes back to like, you know, uh, what we're seeing a lot in like everyday life right now, where it's like, why is it really hard for people in public eye to denounce objectively shitty things? I don't understand that. You know, like you know, you're you're looking at people who won't denounce white supremacy, who won't like, you know, apparently this <laughs> guy won't won't denounce fucking death threats, like. Those are shitty things. Both of those things are objectively shitty things. Right. And outside of the sport, right? It, it, you're, he wasn't being asked about the hit on Bennington. He wasn't being asked about Kadri, the hockey player. He was specifically just asked about the death threats that he and his family were facing. That was it. That was the whole question. And he said no comment. And... Jared Bednar, the Avs head coach, after the game was asked about the no comment, and he said, I don't have a problem with it because we're hockey coaches. We're here to talk about hockey. You know, I don't know why you guys care about our opinions about other things in general. And I think the sentiment there is okay in most cases. When it comes to something like this, there are just some things that are bigger than the sport. And this is bigger than the sport. And to say no comment when there should just... It's an easy... It's like five more words. Racism and death threats belong nowhere near our sport. I I do not condone that behavior from our fan base. How hard is that? That's not. 
That's like PR 101. Denounce <laughs> racism and bad things. But like, it's, it's not anymore. That's the fucked up thing. I know. <laughs> it's, I not know. The, it's not PR anymore. I know. It's just... He had an opportunity to stamp it all out right there. And he just didn't. And I think it's horseshit. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. Simple. So in the game yesterday... Um, Obviously, Nazem Kadri was a target for the Blues players as well. And there were objectively some plays by Blues players that were more dirty than anything that Nazem Kadri has ever done in an Avs uniform. And all that has happened so far is a $5,000 fine against uh, David Perron. And... If you watch the game yesterday, what Perron did in the second period to Kadri, which ended up great for the Avs, was dirty. It was nothing. There was no hockey involved. Like it was, him. I'm straight up trying to hurt you. Yeah. And then after Kadri scored his second goal, Perron came flying in as he's celebrating and tried to give him the people's elbow. He whiffed. But if Kadri had done that, he'd be done for the year. It's just the... The absolute hypocrisy of the Blues and Blues fans is infuriating to me. That's all. I, it just it drives me nuts, and I hope that's the Avs just. Base. Uh, what? That's that's every fan base and team that's not yours. That's just sports. I agree, but this has been elevated to a level that I haven't seen from my fan bases, at least to this level. And I'm not saying that my fan bases are great. There are some shitty fucking duck fans out there. There, Every fan base has that section that's just way over the top in the worst way. Yep. But this this is, I don't know, this, this is past a lot of that. However, Kadri got a hat trick last night. Frontier Justice, it was epic and awesome. It was the second hat trick in Avs playoff history. So just... Like the series of events that led to that is pretty great, but um, I'm ready for this series to be over and be done with the Blues. Fair. That's me. Well, is game done. game five's tomorrow. Game five is tomorrow in Denver. Yes, yeah, it should be over. I mean, the Avs are the better team on the ice. It's pretty clear. Yeah, at this point. Any other NHL thoughts? Not for me, sir. All right, Peng- Chris. Penguins suck. They do. <laughs> Cracking right. horse. Assholes. Assholes. <laughs> John Claude Van Damme didn't give me anything. <laughs> he did not. All right, Dick. Chris, it's your time to shine. <coughs> We're moving on to the NBA. All right, so raise your hands if you saw Dallas beating the Suns. Oh, nobody. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. That was weird. That was weird. What a weird series, baby. Did was not a see weird that series. one coming. Chris Paul looked old and busted. Devin Booker played terribly, especially down the stretch. They had some internal drama with DeAndre Ayton and what he was doing. He played 17 minutes in that closeout game. When, when uh, Coach Monty Williams was asked why he didn't play, he said that's an internal issue, and now the rumors are flying of what's going to happen this offseason. He's a restricted free agent. And uh, Portland, already been rumored connected to him. 
Um, but more on that later. Uh, but yeah, Dallas pulled off the surprise there over Phoenix. Golden State beat Memphis. We saw that one coming. Ja Morant is going crazy on Twitter saying, what would have happened if he was healthy? Uh, if you were healthy, you still would have lost. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but the Golden State Warriors ended up being the Western Conference Final. Golden State versus the Mavericks. And A, none of us saw that coming because I think we all had Phoenix making that return trip to the finals. And not only are they not making that return trip to the finals, Golden State's dominating this series. They are now up 3-1. Dallas won tonight as of this recording. Uh, but it's probably going to be a gentleman sweep. Golden State's probably going to win game five. That team... Holy smokes, guys. Let's take a second before we move on to the Eastern Conference. They still got Steph. They still got Clay. They still got Draymond. Now, granted, Clay and Draymond aren't what they used to be. Steph's still a, a stud. Uh, they're not what they used to be. Clay's knocking off the rust of, of those leg injuries, and Draymond's just, you know, starting to get old, but he's still a great defender. But outside of that, they got Kaminga, who's going to make a difference in years to come. They got Jordan Poole, who's a star in the making. If he ever gets healthy, they got James Wiseman. And they got Gary Payton Jr., who, let me tell you what, that guy, he played in Portland for a little bit on a preseason deal. He played in Washington for a minute. He has found a home in Golden State, and he's absolutely phenomenal. And Duck fans should know, even when he played in college, the dude is a stud on the defensive end, uh, and he's been great for them. So that te- they're not going anywhere. Even when Clay and Steph and Dre- uh, uh Draymond are done like they still got stars on that team so that team's not going anywhere and for them to you know what looks like getting back to the finals is pretty damn incredible uh now you go to the eastern conference and of course hey everyone thought you know Giannis he's the guy to beat but I just want to point out that hey I I was fully fully team Celtics this whole time Fully team Celtics. Been, Unwavering I, in your support of the Celtics. The Celtics train. And they, they <laughs> knocked off they knocked off the defending champs in the Milwaukee Bucks. Um not a surprise in the other play there, which was Philly versus Miami. Miami's been one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference all year, hence the number one overall seed. Philly is they're they're a dumpster fire, but they're like a controlled dumpster fire where they're not that bad. They're good, but they're still a dumpster fire. Like James Harden is not the James Harden that people remember in Houston. Joel Embiid is a stud. Uh, could have been the MVP. Nikola Jokic still deserved it. I don't care what any Joel Embiid stand says. That was jo- that was Nikola Jokic's MVP, absolutely. Um, but they knocked down Philly, and now it's been Miami, Boston, and that series has been all over the place. It's been competitive at moments. It's been blowouts at moments. Miami has a blowout win. The Celtics have a blowout win. That thing's 2-2 heading into game five. I'm still feeling the Boston Celtics, They, they especially if Robert Williams comes back, plays significant minutes down the stretch. That's an all-NBA defender right there. Um, I still like the Boston Celtics over Miami. Golden State's going to take care of Dallas over the next three games. So it looks like we're looking at a finals of Golden State versus... Well, Boston or Miami. So then let's look to you. I'm obviously picking Boston. I got to stick with the team I picked round one for this whole thing. But if it's Golden State versus Miami or Golden State versus Boston, who do you have winning this thing? I have Golden State. They just have looked so dominant. Um, So I would pick Golden State in those matchups. I would too. Um, You know, like, like you said, we... <clears throat> Steph is still fucking Steph. Um, and Clay is just going to keep knocking off the rust and getting better. Uh, Draymond has evened out his game a little bit. You know, he's like, he, 
he's not just a defender anymore. He does have that offensive capability, which I think has been a, a, a underrated factor in their success um, in the last uh, in this last series. Um, so I yeah I think I think Golden State they're just going to do it again. They have too much experience being there as a team for me to pick against them right now. Hey, Golden State Warriors, they're they're phenomenal. They're 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 just you can't you can't stop this team. They're they're, they're so good. He's wind, but, he's winding up for something. Yeah, it's me <laughs> it's me calling you out. Okay. Because tell me you haven't watched a lot of the NBA playoffs without telling me you haven't watched a lot of the NBA playoffs. You just said, uh, Draymond Green, he's not just a defensive star anymore. He's getting it done offensively. He's averaged eight points per game this entire playoffs, Eli. Yeah, well, he, he is that, awful offensively. Like he is awful offensively. He's always been awful offensively. Come on. He's up for, he it's up for 25% like from deep. He's a 25% three-point shooter doesn't need to be in a league deep, that is dominated by the three-point shot. He doesn't need to be from deep, Chris. He's a rebounder. Oh my! Yeah, yes, he's a good rebounder and he's an assist man. He facilitates, but don't that's come offense, at me with his dude. offense. It's all this. But that's the, offense. What are you, you talking about? He literally said, "Oh, he's not just diva. His offense. He's always been a facilitator. He's always been good. But he averages eight points per game." This is my Stephen A. impersonation. He ain't making a difference offensively <laughs> when it comes to scoring. He's getting assists. He averages eight points per game. He misses more shots than he makes. Come on, unbelievable. This is phenomenal. I mean, even the best three-point shooters miss more than they make. So that's a really bad argument. <laughs> you know what? Shut your fucking mouth. Nah. <laughs> now, here's the deal. I want to get all joking aside. I, I remember having an argument with one of our radio hosts a couple years back. Even This was when Steph was even in MV, MVP conversations and winning them. Steph may be the best player on that team, but Draymond Green is the cog that makes that offense run. Uh, to your point, his effectiveness offensively is incredible. He doesn't score points, but hold on. Hold up. Hold up. What happened? Give us the live look in. <laughs> so Calgary just scored a goal from the other blue line. No shit. Three quarter ice. The, oh, goal. wow. From the not, other not blue empty line. Netter? No. Just wow. full on slap shot from the. Just tried to. I, have, I don't know if he was trying to clear, but it just. The goalie just fanned. And that is impressive. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like. So anyway, back to basketball. That was just crazy. Yeah. First, I looked over on the, on the camera here, and and Jamie was jaw dropped to the floor, hands in the air. I thought he was just amazed at my takes on Draymond Green and putting Eli in his place. And then when I, am I realized at that, it and then is when great. I realized he was absolutely paying zero attention to me, I knew it was about hockey, and that's why I was looking for the live look in. <laughs> no, I have been listening, and I do enjoy putting. But Eli no, Draymond in Green is 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 definitely the cog that makes that offense run. Had he not <clears> got <throat> suspended in the in the series for you know a, a blatant ball shot. Uh, the Cavaliers might not have won that series. He is he has been the MVP of that team uh, the entire time he's been there. So I do get what you're saying. It just it, he, the dude can't score worth a shit. But he may Listener, be the I know most. We, what? Go ahead. I know we don't have a video component to this show, but <laughs> Eli has the biggest shit eating grin on his face right now. Why? Well, I'm just saying he mo- he might be the most important player on the floor. Why do you have that big grin, Eli? Because you're saying he's right. That's it's a Cheeto. Oh. 
It's fucking Draymond Green. It's funny because I said that exact same thing a couple years ago to Brian No, Fox Sports radio host, friend of the show. Uh, I don't know if he's really a friend of the show, but I'm going to use that. And he thought I was was stupid. He said it was the dumbest thing I've ever said. No, it's not. Watch the Golden State Warriors. They are not the same team without Draymond. That's, Um, there's no, I don't know much about, I don't watch a lot of basketball. I don't know a ton about Golden State. I do know that. They are a completely different basketball team when Draymond Green's not on the floor. Uh, he, he's he's a modern he's a modern day Dennis Rodman in the fact that he that's can a, compl- that's a good comparison. Yeah, he he can completely change the game, but doesn't have to score a bucket to do it. Um, mm. And I, it, I asked and I to, to say it might sound as but he's probably more valuable than Dennis Rodman. I mean, Dennis Rodman was an all league defender, all league rebounder. Draymond Green is an all league defender. He's a, a phenomenal re- rebounder, but the way he facilitates an offense is incredible. Uh, um, so yeah, Draymond Green is phenomenal. I think when you look at the NBA finals, I think whether it's against Boston or Miami, um, if, if Golden State is on all cylinders, churning how we know they can, they've had their ups and downs in the playoffs. I just don't know if Miami or Boston has the offensive firepower to keep up with them. And the thing is, Golden State's not a slouch defensively either. Now, both Miami and and Boston are incredible defensively, and that's going to give, Golden State fits, but there's a big key factor here. Um, I think if you took Miami or Boston, I'd almost think Boston have the or uh, Miami would have the better chance because of Eric Spolstra. But what you've seen with Golden State here was when Steve Kerr missed a couple games due to COVID protocols and Mike Brown had to fill in, Golden State looked like trash. But then Steve Kerr has been back, and when Steve Kerr coaches games, that team looks in, they're unstoppable. Steve Kerr might be one of the best coaches this game's ever seen. I don't get, don't give me the whole uh, Golden State's roster stacked ball. No, Steve Kerr, co- Steve Kerr got freaking great production out of freaking Eric Pascal, who ended up going to Utah and never <laughs> playing. Uh, he's turned Jordan Poole into a star. He's got great production out of Jonathan Kaminga. He has turned uh, Gary Payton Jr. into a rotation player when he had bounced around from uh, multiple different teams. I think he played with, might have played with the Lakers. I know he played with the Blazers. I know he made regular season appearances with the Wizards and did nothing. And then he went to Golden State and he's a stud. So Steve Kerr, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been as much drama as the NFL or NHL playoffs have been, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Playoffs is always fun. But right now, Golden State, they look like the team to beat to me. I will say on the front, like like Golden State has run away with the West, right? Like it's basically been no contest. The Nuggets put up basically no fight, which is not surprising. The Mavs are not looking great against them. So that that is part of my not paying a lot of attention just because they've been so dominant. The East, the East has been good, no doubt about it. I will pay attention to the finals because <clears throat> I do think that either of those matchups that we're going to see is going to be far better than anything else that I've been watching. Now what I'm about to say is going to make you two feel really upset. We might end the podcast right here. <laughs> but asked after the game... Three loss down 3-0. Luka Doncic kind of asked what he's learned through this playoff experience. He said, you know, I've learned a lot. I'm still learning every day. I'm only 23 years old. Oh, fuck. I didn't hear the rest of the quote because I started puking. And it really upset me that one of the best players in the NBA is 23 fucking years old. You know, he's I'm going to make you feel so better. Old. 
I'm going to make you feel better about yes, all of that. We are so old. So, so I went to Rocky's game a couple weeks ago with my dad. And, you know, at, at the Rockies games, they put, like, all the player, like, where the player's from and their age, like, when they were born and stuff on the board when they come to bat. And we were looking at it. My dad turned to me at one point, like, the sixth inning. And he's like, how does it feel to be older than everybody that's on the field right now? <laughs> right? I said... I said, it makes me feel like shit, but how does it make you feel that your son is older than everybody on the field, old man? <laughs> right. There so you go. at least we're not our parents, right? That's true. And just, just uh, you know, the man I met today who is the uh, head coach of a prestigious <laughs> program in <laughs> Oregon is three years older than me. <laughs> what have we done with our lives? <laughs> Fucking nothing, dude. <laughs> I should have took up cart racing so you guys could have talked about me on this podcast. <laughs> I'm too tall. I'm too That's fat. That's true. We're too all heavy. that. Yeah, but like we are all that. <laughs> but if you if you were like to go for cart racing when you were little, you wouldn't be fat. I'm only true. like a six on a scale of one to ten. I couldn't be a cart racer. That's true. That's true. Could, we're all too ugly. Be a, we're all couldn't too be ugly. An F1. None of us are eights, man. <laughs> These gotta mugs be at are least not an, Formula One ready. <laughs> you got to be at least an eight to get a look in F1. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. You say that, but then there's Pierre Gasly. Even the yeah, ugly Pierre. ones are good looking. Comparative to the general population. <laughs> Lance Stroll's not all that great looking. He's kind of goofy. Daniel Ricciardo's yeah. a good looking guy. That's why he's the Jimmy yes, Garoppolo of F1. It makes he, perfect he sense. He is a good looking guy. There's no doubt about it. Now, this is a weird podcast because right now I'm looking at F1 drivers and judging how hot they are. <laughs> like, I'm like, Bottas in the like, middle yeah. of our NBA segment. Just, uh, just don't make that bracket before you make the head coach UFC battle. Dude, the head anyway, coach battle, I'm very excited about. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's where we stand on the NBA. Nothing else major. The all-NBA teams did come out today. Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and Jason Tatum. First team all-NBA. Second team is Joel Embiid, Ja Morant, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and DeMar DeRozan. Third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam. Uh, no, no real qualms with those, except... Fuck positions. Don't do this whole, like, let's do two guards, two forwards, and a center because that that puts Joel Embiid in the NBA second team, and I'm sorry he's an all-NBA first team player. Like, if I had to pick taking away positions, it should have uh, my first team would have been uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I would have thrown Luka Doncic in there as well, uh, Joel Embiid, and then I actually would have put DeMar DeRozan in my first team, not my second team. Uh, but overall, no qualms with that. It's just it's by position. Good good pick of first teams. But yeah, uh, and obviously Jamie shook his head. I knew there was a lot of debate out there. Anyone who was standing for Giannis or Joel Embiid and didn't think Nikola Jokic was the MVP is crazy. Nikola Jokic is absolutely the MVP of the NBA this season. I just I I dislike the fact. And and this goes across all sports, not just the NBA and the fact that Jokic was potentially going to be slighted for it uh, as my hometown guy. I just dislike that the MVP voting has just turned into a popularity contest. So that makes it 
that makes this win for Jokic that much better to me is he actually deserved it. And he for sure was not the popular pick in the media or fan buzz. Yeah, well, well, at least he was in the media because the media picked the vote, so. My problem... I just mean, like, the national... Like, if you watch the TNT broadcast after they announced the winner, it looked like it was a funeral. Like, those guys looked like they were... (laughs) they, Yeah, they were not happy. My problem with the MVP vote is... um, a lot of time it just goes to the best player, which isn't the award. The award is the most valuable player. No, you're right, you're right. asking. I'm sorry. You're off base. You're off base. If the MVP went to the best player, Giannis Antetokounmpo would have won the award for the last three years. And LeBron James would have had about 15 that's what MVPs. He's it hasn't gone to the best player in the NBA. That's the thing. Oh, I see. It has not I gone see, to yes. the best player in the NBA. It's hard to decide who is the MVP. Because it has not gone to the best player. And I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're laying down because it doesn't necessarily go to the all the time to the, the guy who is most valuable. Yeah, that's to what a I team's mean. Winning. Yeah. Because I think there's a there is a It goes vast to a guy who has an incredible season. Yeah. And there's a difference to me between the best player and the most valuable. Because with Giannis out. The Milwaukee Bucks are so talented and so stacked. They're, they're still going to win games. They're not going to be the exact same, but they're still yeah. going to win games. Yeah, like the same Nets, with Philly. Same if they wouldn't have messed up, yeah, you know, James Harden would have sucked. Like, but but you look at Giannis, or uh, excuse me, Nikola Jokic. Uh, the Nuggets were sucks. nothing without him this year. If he doesn't play all season, that team's in the NBA lottery. Yeah, like. If 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 MB doesn't play or or Giannis doesn't play, those two teams probably still make the playoffs. So yeah, yeah I, yep. I get what you're laying down. I, I hate to shoot you down all the time, Eli. I just well, like I also like I guess I guess here, it kind of okay? comes from like it like there seems to be like some requirement that they're in the playoff, which like sometimes there are team like there are players who are invaluable to a team like where they would be an absolute dumpster fire, but they you know they're they're the eleventh team, right? But without them, they'd be they'd have four wins, you know, like it's like stuff like that where you're just like, I, I don't know. It's like, it seems like it's, there's like these weird prereqs for everything with the MVP. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will no, say I the you. NBA does a better job of it than like the NFL. Yes, absolutely. The NFL, it goes to the best quarterback every year. That's, yeah. That is, that's a football problem. Why the fact that the MVP Heisman. and the Heisman almost become yep. exclusively quarterback awards is, is asinine to me. Because again, if I'm an MVP voter and I'm looking at the the most valuable player in the NFL over the last two three years, if I'm voting, it's Aaron Donald, and I don't think it's even close. I, Aaron Donald is has been the best player in the NFL for a, a while now, um, yep. and completely changes the games that he's in. And you can look at the whole like, oh, what about stats, this and that? Yeah, well, look at the fact that he's getting triple teamed every single day. Like, like that that matters. So, oh yeah, but Patty Mahomes and you know about quarterback. No, quarterback shouldn't be the the go to de facto. So, um, but there is a case to be made with what you're saying, Eli. A lot of the times, the the, the MVP goes to a team uh, that is you know perhaps top four in the conference, a team that is shown success. That's why there was a little bit of pushback against Nikola Jokic because 
the Nuggets weren't a top four team in the West. You have to go back to Russell Westbrook. Uh, that was about six, seven years ago now. I think the the Oklahoma City Thunder finished in like sixth place when he won the MVP for averaging a triple double all season long. So the fact that it doesn't all it, 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 like going to a team that's not one of the best teams in the league is kind of what you're saying. Like it's not it's rare. It doesn't happen yeah. all the time. And and that that should because your team is bad should not eliminate you from MVP consideration because imagine how much worse that team would be if you're not I mean, on the court like if there was ever an argument for lebron like wherever the lakers finished this year was 1000 million percent because of lebron yeah. james oh lebron carried that this is this Le- is the, like this is like the best argument for mvp that lebron's had in a little while i agree because it was Le- very clear that he's the only oh, reason yeah. they were even remotely okay they didn't even make the playoffs, and LeBron James carried this Laker team perhaps more than he's ever carried any team in yeah. his entire entire career. Completely agree. Except those early, early Cavs team where like he was stuck with Zydrunas Ogowskis, Mo Williams, and Delonte West. And I will no not have Ogowskis star. slander on this podcast. <laughs> Hey, I'm, not slander- <laughs> I'm not slandering him. Big Z was awesome. I'm just saying like the, 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 the overall team chemistry sucked and LeBron James yeah. carried it. Um, so yeah, totally get you. But that's the thing. Cause like MVP, if it went to the best player in the league, like LeBron should have had 15 MVPs. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's a good, a good stretch of his career where he was untouchable as the best player in the league. Yeah, it's only no been doubt. the last, last year or two that Giannis has passed him. Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. That's no question. Again, Nikola Jokic deserved the MVP, but if you tell me, do you want Nikola or do you want Giannis? You want to build the team? Give me fucking Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's 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 Shaquille O'Neal in a seven foot tall small forward body. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but anyway, I'm glad Nikola Jokic won it. I love Nikola Jokic's game. I think Nikola Jokic's game is absolutely boring to watch. But it's a beautiful boring. <laughs> it's 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 slow. It's, it's controlled. Boring, it's dude. I talked about this last apart. week. Chris, and I want to get your take on it. My my feeling that everybody's so upset about watching Jokic is unless you're pay, like eyeballs on him at all times and watching just the sneaky little things that he does and his passing ability and stuff, it looks like anybody could stop him. Like Shaq, oh. Shaq probably hates the fact that Jokic won the MVP because Shaq feels like I could stop him. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. His game is his game is boring and his game is not flashy. It's not so you, flashy. So you watch right. it and you're like, how does That's he do it. that? How how does he continue to do that? But he yeah, I mean here's Shaq is a, is an interesting um example because I'm sorry, Shaq would eat Nikola Jokic alive. Prime Shaq is I'm just saying diff- on a different what, level. Yeah. No, I get I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but, 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 but I also see, he looks at that and goes, Oh, that's not, that's, that's easy. What's he, what he's doing? How is that not stoppable? No, you really got to watch what Nikola Jokic does. He's unstoppable because he's unpredictable and he, he makes passes that nobody else can make. And he reads the court like nobody else can read the court. And the thing is he, he and because he's not flashy, you don't expect it. He just tears you apart. I think Eli made a great comparison a second ago. He said, Timmy Duncan, Tim Tim Duncan's game was boring as shit. <laughs> and Tim Duncan might be the best power forward to ever play the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it Any doesn't have to be baby. <laughs> it doesn't have to be flashy. Um and, and and as good as Shaq was, Shaq would probably scratch his head a couple times going, "How the hell did Nikola Jokic just make that pass on me? How did he just score on me? How did he just like, drop Nikola, 30 on me?" <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate yeah, that Yeah, er, er, Go ahead. 
No, I said it's unfortunate that that a the Denver Nuggets roster has been unhealthy this year, and even when healthy, it's not the the best roster overall. But if you put Nikola Jokic on a team like Boston, you put Nikola Jokic in Miami, you put Nikola Jokic in Golden State, you put Nikola Jokic. Oh my god! Imagine if you put Nikola Jokic next to Luka Doncic in my in in Dallas. Stupid. Those teams are those teams are Stupid. title favorites with Nikola Jokic on their team, Stupid. and he's the best player on all those teams. He's the best player on all those teams. I just the fact that you even said Nikola Jokic in Golden State with Clay and Steph, <laughs> the way that he passes and opens up the court, I just that's terrifying to even think about. Yeah, I mean, I was just throwing all the best teams out there. I would be. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, that's an that easy. That's an easy scary. championship for sure. That yeah, would, yeah. ten. That, that would be gross. <laughs> and as good as Joel Embiid has been this year, he's he's had a dominant year as a center. I mean, I. I don't think he's the best center in the league. I think it's Nikola Jokic, and I, I yeah. And, and people get upset about that, but that's not a slide on Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is probably a, 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 possibly a top five player in the league, at least a top ten. There's no debate about yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. He for makes sure. A di- he makes a difference. But the fact that the Denver Nuggets were competitive without their two of their top three pair, players, no Michael Porter Jr., no Jamal Murray. And injuries abound everywhere. They had to play big minutes with fucking Francisco Campazzo. <laughs> Who the fuck is Francisco Campazzo? Exactly. But Nikola Jokic led them to the playoffs. That's that's incredible. So good on him. Yep. Agreed. Closing arguments. Rest your case. All right. Quick baseball notes. Uh, we're kind of in the in the slog of it here. We're getting into the midsummer just getting through the motions with baseball um the yankees just continue to win baseball just games absolutely they're dominating. five they're five and five in their last 10 so they've slowed a little um but they they look to be the class and the mets both both the yankees and the mets have the best record in baseball right now um uh, as a baseball fan, I wouldn't mind a Subway Series. Those are always fun. Subway Series are a lot of fun. No doubt about it. I don't like seeing New York teams do well just in general, right. but it would be fun. The Rockies are under 500, so this is the first podcast of the year that the Rockies are under 500, <laughs> and they will likely remain there for the rest of the season. Yep. Mariners on a slide. Not great. Uh, they just uh, activated uh, Kyle Lewis back up, though. Um, from the IL, so that should give them the offensive burst that they need. Hopefully, they and, can uh, make a little comeback. And and um, uh, 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 for fear of jinxing it, I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> the Red Sox are eight and two in their last ten. <laughs> Red Sox are on a tear. <laughs> Probably going to win the World Series <laughs> by thirty runs. They're that good. As of this recording, the Red Sox just pulled off game one victory over the Sox, a 16-3 win over the Chicago White Sox. Just pulled off a series sweep of the Mariners. They have won six in a row. They are still struggling mightily at 20-22, and 22, but they are, they're showing signs of life. They still got well, a Trevor long Story. way to go, but they're showing signs of life. And as you are about to allude to, Trevor Story has found it. Trevor Story, after getting booed at home and getting absolutely torn apart by Boston media, uh, hit three home runs in a game last week, yep. which is a historic 
performance by a second baseman. He's not really a second baseman, but yeah, he there is was this a, year. I mean, there was a story about that about how he skipped uh, a media availability and Boston media lost their mind that he wasn't available for media to talk to after the game, only to find out later that the reason he wasn't available is he spent two hours after the game in the batting cage. Two hours he d- in the and he didn't cage. know that he was. He's like, I didn't know they wanted to talk to me. Yeah, I had a said, shitty I night. Yeah, I didn't know I was requested. <laughs> but he spent two hours in the batting cage, and since that yeah. day, has been on an absolute tear. So, yeah. Again, still a ways to go, but they currently have the longest active. That is the best thing baseball. about baseball is you're not out of it, right? You can get off to a really shitty start, and you're not out of it. Uh, it's also the best thing about like college football. Every game matters, right? So it's just, it's fun to watch those dynamics at play in all these different sports. I just want to point out too, like you and I are screwed. Like between, between the NL West and the AL East oh my and God. our two favorite, like your team is 20 and 22, which would be competitive in almost every division except the fucking NL West. And the same with the Red Sox at 20 and 22, the exact same record is competitive in every single division except the AL East. Like that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. The Rockies would be in uh second in the NL East third in the NL Central. They are fifth in the NL West right now. Right. Red Sox would be third no matter what, but they would only be, you know, a game or two out versus nine and a half. So Yeah, the Rockies would be third or better in every other division except the NL West and the AL East. That's unbelievable. Absolutely wild. You and I are, we're suffering over here. You more so than me because you're a college. For a long time, forever. My, my, (laughs) My future of baseball fandom is bleak. I'll tell you what, the AL Central's kind of a... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> kind of an ick. Holy cow, the Twins turned it on. Hey, Minnesota, I mean, I think they're a good team. I, I think we most we all went Chicago in that pick, but Minnesota's a good team. Side note, I'm Chicago really, could still win it. Yeah, absolutely. A side note, I'm really upset with Cleveland here because when you look at the MLB standings and you look at how every fucking team in Major League Baseball has a simple logo that features their letters and then the Guardians throw this weird-ass fucking clip art baseball with a G on it. It looks like someone made in like Microsoft Paint. It's, it's really it's, bad. It's not a good logo. It's just really not. It looks like a high school logo. It's just juvenile. I don't like it. It looks like like it it should have come out in 1950 when they were drawing these things with pen and paper. Why the hell you just didn't stay with the classic C? Did it in rhinoceros 3D? Yeah, Yeah. you should have stayed with the classic C. What a joke! Like here's here's the problem. Here's the biggest problem here. This is why it looks so bad. We'll we'll talk about this for a second. It looks so bad because the baseball is fully 2D. There's no shading. There's nothing. Everything else in that logo is 3D. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. It That's makes true. it completely it fall flat. It is a terrible logo because there's zero shading on the round ass baseball to make that it look true. 3D and then everything else is 3D. That's funny. That's got to be what it is that throws me off. I just don't Well, like and like logo. they didn't do any color in the wings, so it's just there's no shading in the wings, so it just looks like line art. It looks unfinished. Yeah, it's bad. It's got to be one of the worst in sports. 
They messed up which by is going insanity with because, right. like, with all the technology and shit these days to come up with cool stuff, yeah, they probably got that's what you come 500 out with five hundred logo designs, and they're like, that's the one, that's that's it, guys. <laughs> Brutal, man. It just sucks to be a Cleveland fan in general of anything. Yep. I mean, talk about the Browns. We're not going to talk about the NFL for a while, but that organization is in trouble. Yeah, they toasted. Anyway, um, any other baseball news? Tim, Tim Anderson, uh, Josh Donaldson thing, uh, talking about the racist stuff in the NHL. Just yeah. get all this crap out of sports, out of society in general. Um, I just, it, yep. it astounds me that this stuff still happens. It's... Uh... It's an interesting situation. I think you like not knowing the full story. I mean, if you compare yourself to Jackie Robinson and someone calls you Jackie, I feel like that not it isn't necessarily a racist comment right off the bat. But on the other side, the argument of that um, being a, a white male, um, you don't get to decide what the 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 black person considers racist. If he says it's racist and he felt it was racist, then it was a racist comment. Now maybe you can come together and fix that and and make amends. Maybe you maybe you didn't mean it that way, but even if you didn't mean it that way, if that how if that's how it was interpreted, that's how it was interpreted, and so you got to fix that. And so the best way to get that, yeah, if you can get that out of sports and and the the public in general, uh, absolutely, as you said, I think it's an interesting situation. Um, so I don't think it's completely cut and dry. Um, absolutely, but yeah, get if it if it was meant in a racist way. Fuck you. Get it out of here. Fuck that. Uh, I No room for that in anywhere, not just sports. Cool. I basically completely missed this storyline, so I have no opinion on it. Cool. I think <laughs> it's it's kind of a non-starter, like Chris is saying. Like, I don't think this is as egregious as the stuff that's happening to Kadri, for example. Yeah, I, I would the agree NHL. there. I would agree there. Um, I, I'm not going to say that it's a non-issue, but... Um, I think it, I think it was probably blown a little bit out of proportion because I don't think Donaldson said it in a racist way, but his reaction afterwards, like just apologize and move on, like it's not right. that not that hard. I, um, I will say the one the one thing that I'm gonna say uh, negative against Tim Anderson is he said I could care less about the suspension and that's not what he fucking meant. And that's, <laughs> I, it's almost unforgivable. I love, I love how you stand on the, I could versus I couldn't. You're a, you're a stud. I hate, I hate it. <laughs> Same. I, it drives me nuts too. Yeah. All right. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We Is it my it. buzzer beater again, no, Eli? No, it's apparently it's, do it's all actually these my all the buzzer time. beater this week. You fuckers. <laughs> No, before we leave. Because I'm the only one who can apparently remember who does the fucking buzzer beaters on this show. <laughs> I'm on Team Jamie on this one. Yeah, you always are, bitch. <laughs> hey, before we leave, before we go to the buzzer beater, I know you guys didn't want to take a ton of time on the NFL schedule last week because you don't understand why it makes so much sense to go crazy onto it. But content, baby, content is king. I just want to throw out there, Jamie. You may or may not 
end up having a roommate for a weekend on uh, September 25th when the San Francisco 49ers play at Denver. Isn't that know like yet. when your babies do? No, the baby the baby's not due till October. That's why I said the Colorado Oregon game might be out of the question. And if the Colorado Oregon game is out of the question, that means the Bronco Niner game might be in play. Okay. You're welcome anytime. Me, here's the deal. Which me and weekend my, is that? That's that's uh September twenty fifth. Here's the deal. Me and my dad have to find a new game. So my 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 mom is a Raider fan. She's not huge oh, into football gross. in general, but she just remembers growing up she was a Raider fan. And my dad is a Niner fan. So they have a nice little friendly rivalry. rivalry. So when I found out that the Niners were playing the Raiders, I called them both. I was like, guys, this we're going. We got to go. Niners versus Raiders in Vegas. And they're like, done. Just find out what day it is. And then they announced the schedule and they're fucking playing in Las Vegas on New Year's Day. That's going to be an impossible game to get to. Yep. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so I said, okay, what other games are there? And I'm like, oh, 49ers at Chicago would be fun because Chicago is always fun. And then I'm like, oh, Denver. I might have to go say hi to Jamie. So, so you never know. You might kill two birds with one stone because Rockies, the Colorado Buffaloes Ooh. are home Saturday against UCLA that weekend. It doesn't have to be a duck game. I'd still love to go. So yeah, you never know. We might we might make a day out of this. I'll keep you posted. We got a couple months. Let me see if the Rockies are in town. You can just like make this a trifecta. Oh my god! I if I hit a tri a sports trifecta here, I'd go nuts. Let me hold on. Hold everybody. Hold Eli. Think of your ba- buzzer beater. Ba- da- 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 oh, stupid ESPN. The Rockies. Are in town. <laughs> Trifecta, oh my God, baby. They are against the Padres. So, so you could Friday night go to a Rockies game, <laughs> Saturday go to a Colorado Buffaloes football game, and Sunday go to Niners Broncos. Oh my God. And I would kick two bucket list things off there, which would be Rockies and, and Buffalo. Because I, I mean, the Broncos haven't been on my bucket list, but it'd still be fun. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, I'm going to have to keep you posted. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Uh, Hit me up. What, what, no, what is this? What is this? Yeah. September? September 23rd, 24th, 25th. Okay. Oh, God. I'll this that. might I'll happen. This Eli, might happen. <laughs> Eli's checking it, too. This might that happen. That would be a hell of a weekend, gentlemen. Uh, oh. And just two fans, fans, if you want to come join us on our epic sports weekend, we'll keep you posted if it's actually oh. happening. But we could have just like an epic weekend with all of y'all this get like, would be so cool let's get like one like we'll rent like an airbnb and just trap house it just like, mm, mm, mm. no we'll all be there's too a few other sports. there's a few other pieces to this puzzle that i will bring up after the show because i'm not really what i'm not gonna say it publicly yet but okay cool. cool eli are you ready i've been ready dude all right listener thank you for tuning in you are the best like, comment, share, whatever you want to do, because we don't do the social medias. You do that for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Zeta June for letting us use your awesome music. Listener, go check them out. Listen, turn it on, vibe out to some Zeta June. Until next week, well, not next week, we're off next week. Chris and I will probably podcast here in a couple weeks while Eli takes his little moving hiatus. A sabbatical. <laughs> 
Um, but until next time, Eli, take us away. My last buzzer beater for a few weeks is hashtag Draymond Green is a legend score. Hashtag go dogs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>